Welcome to episode 6 of Talking the Groove and today it is a real joy to speak with singer, composer, playwright and artist Adja. Adja's first EP, I and I, is released on the 24th of February on the Ghent-based label Estiban Records and although we will definitely be speaking about the record, I first asked Adja about an ambition she revealed in a past interview. Did you manage to fil- fulfil your plan to create a studio in a bus? <laughs> not not yet. Uh, it is still a big dream of mine, but that's exactly the, the issue. It's a big dream, and I can't bring myself to downsize it. Oftentimes with, like big dreams like that if you want to put them in reality you have to compromise and I'm having a really difficult time with this one specifically the bus to literally and figuratively downsize it I want it to be a big bus like I'm even dreaming of the Harry Potter double double uh, <laughs> like the ones that, that that you've got in a in the in the UK um but just a regular school bus is fine too it just yeah. needs it's uh, a place to actually play music with other people. So up until the point where I would have the budget to do that, I've, 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 um, I've, I've spent the summer with my brother remodeling a, a small, like it's a, a Renault Kangoo. I don't, I don't know how to translate that to, um, well, it's a small, it's like a minivan. We yeah, built this yeah, like, yeah, we call them camper vans. Exactly. Yeah. So I've done I've done my first try there building a camper van and, and um, but yeah, I wasn't satisfied. <laughs> that wasn't it. Uh, so hopefully one of these years I can still. Mm. Do I as soon as I heard that, that jumped out at me because I think we pretty much share the same dream. I mean, I'm I'm also at the moment looking for a camper van because. Oh, um, maybe we can know. split the cost and. <laughs> well, I I am rather yeah. I mean, I've I've got a lot of admiration for the nomads of this world, and I I wanna, I've got the burning, burning feet at the moment, or itchy feet we call it, mm-hmm. and um, yeah. yeah. But the the bus itself, the the bus idea. So just outline. I know you've already done this in that other interview in Dakar, but I just want to, just for the listeners here, I just want to hear it again, what your ideas were for this bus. Yeah. So I would like to create a kind of um, tiny desk on wheels where I'd have residencies with other artists and um, go from country to country and continent to continent specifically, have it documented like a, Aja in Africa, Aja in Europe, Aja in South America, and have an album on the road recorded with art local artists um, that that represent my journey in that specific continent. Um, but I also really have this visualization of pouring tea for people. That's something like I really like to host, but then at the same time I really like to be on the road. So the idea to be able to host people on the road and invite people into the bus and give them a cup of tea and then, you know, have a, have a conversation about, um, like in, in, in yogic terms, it's like a satsang, you offer a subject and then people give their, give their two cents on it, um, and have conversations with those artists, uh, and yeah, then, then play it out then make the music. Oh, wow. So that, I mean, that <laughs> just, that's my idea of heaven. 
Wow. <laughs> that really is. Yeah, that's my nirvana. That would be mm-hmm. wonderful. I mean, I can yeah. see why that is. A, when you're talking about it, your face is lighting up. It's amazing. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> well, I'm glad I asked you about that because that's a lovely, lovely point. And I think it also kind of gives an insight into you as a person and as an artist. So yeah. that's a, that's that's pretty cool. Because um, one of the things I picked up on is clear that travelling is so important to you. And I wanted yeah. to ask a bit more about that. But sorry, you were going to say something. Go on. Yeah, um, I've noticed that. And, and I'm happy that you asked the question as well, because I've been feeling a bit, um, how to say, um, spaced out. I think that's the, the best... Uh, without any, um, how to say, without any uh, uh, third parties involved, I've been a little bit out of it. Like, I don't feel very grounded these days. And and I'm happy that you asked me about the traveling because that is what grounds me. Being on the road brings me closer to myself. And it's like as if because of the fact that there is no surrounding repetition in associations that people have with you, you know, your neighbor views you like this, and then he speaks to you like that, and then your colleague sees you in this light, so they'll treat you. And it kind of builds this narrative around you that maybe you don't necessarily fully agree with, or you don't want to stay in that, but it's hard for you to get out of it because it's you're, you're stuck in this atmosphere where, where it's repeated for you. And I think traveling kind of disconnects you from those associations and gives you the chance to completely come back to your own, which I Mm. really, really enjoy. And it's like, the more I travel, the closer I am to myself. And that's an amazing sensation. And it's been a while, you know, because of COVID and and all those other things and wanting to also really work on, on my music, but in a, in a, in a practical way with a very big band and the traveling part kind of, uh, kind of went, how to say in English, went on the back burner, is that correct? Yeah, 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 got, got put on the back burner, yeah, <laughs> got, yeah. Got put on the back burner, exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's how I feel when I travel, and I'm, I'm, I'm actually really craving that, to be honest. Thanks yeah. for <laughs> reminding me what is important to me. <laughs> I'm going to pick up on what you said earlier about mm-hmm. traveling. Do you think, uh, I don't, I'm trying not to ask this in a totally binary way, but... Do you would you say that traveling allows you to reinvent yourself or it allows you to peel off the layers as to the different people that you can be legitimately can be different people does it is it a reinvention process or is I, I, it a, I like a discovery that. process sorry i got enthusiastic i like that question um and i think for me they're the same in a way, because the, re- the the reinvention, sometimes you have to peel off layers to discover that what you wanted to create for yourself was already there. You just had to allow it. Um, but yeah, it also definitely feels like appealing because sometimes you know exactly what is underneath the surface, but you can't bring yourself to, 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 co- to go there or to fully embody it. And you need that distance or you need that that different yeah, energy, because I know that that's a very popular word these days, energy. But honestly, going from, from one country to another country, just a sensory element of a different smell can put you in a different mode. For me, that, that, that resonated very strongly when I went to India. I also like to travel by myself 
these days it's di more difficult because I'm more conscious of the fact that I'm a woman and that <laughs> traveling alone comes with like when I was 19 I didn't think about those things and so traveling alone was really uh easy peasy um anyway getting off of subject there I went to India by myself when I was 21 and just coming out of the plane and that different smell completely different world hitting me in the face like this warm waft of like this is a different reality smacking me in the face that was amazing that was amazing i've never experienced anything like that and that really like viscerally told me you're in a different reality and it made me move differently like um it made me make different types of decisions in different situations and i think someone who who did that kind of like solo travel thing for a long while going to a place that is very different in in reality than where they for instance grew up or i think they can relate with that um i'm sorry i forgot your question <laughs> I'm no, glad no, no you've definitely answered the question that's for sure i'm just going to add to that though actually yeah would you can any tangible examples also of how that that if you like sensory visceral experience is translated into your uh your you as an artist and as a songwriter and a composer and a and you and and a writer yeah um i think the first piece that i that i made that that really felt like ah uh, this is my language or the beginning of, of of something that I could call my language that 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 fully embodied how I felt about things. That was uh, the first chapter of a, a trilogy that I that I'm making called Ajabet, a symbolic alphabet. And so there, I um, it, it was it was more about the process than 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 the result for me because I've at that point spent a lot of time intellectualizing what it is that I wanted to create either in theater or in music. I think I did that because I wanted to prove how I felt was valid to my surroundings. And so I, I think subconsciously became very, um, or I tried to become very eloquent in the way that I spoke, trying to intellectualize things like spirituality to be able to, 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 to not be ridiculized for, for my, for my, my desires and I think at that point I realized that the only the only one that that could really allow me to do that was myself, and that I just had to do it, and that there will always be people who won't resonate with what you do, but that the most fulfilling thing will be doing exactly that what I want to do, and then having people resonate with that. That I would just have to uh, make that jump, and I feel like that's a very cliche thing, but it's also a very human thing. That's why it's cliche. I think a lot of people who create go through that stage and so for me that was now about a good year and a half ago i created that first chapter ajabet and so what i did is i tried to literally create a, a vocabulary for my subconscious and um extracting a certain atmosphere that embodied a chapter of my life let's say my relationship with my mom when i was seven going on to to eight nine ten twelve like a period that i vividly remember 
in colors, in textures, in feelings in my stomach, in smells, in sounds, the way that she would like smack the door when she came home from work. And those were things that I really still remembered. And I tried to extract those in those sensory um, elements, starting with colors. So I would ask myself, um, what is the color that, that, that makes you think of the word mother, the archetype mother? And then I would ask myself, what is the, <laughs> it sounds, but it doesn't matter. Uh, what is the, the number of the color? What is the, mm. the letter of the number? What is the movement of the, the color? What is it, a fe- is it feminine or masculine? Is it, is it none of those things? Does it move vertically or horizontally? And I would build this kind of abstract entity with movements and sounds and color and really creating a symbol because I love symbols. They're so layered. They had it, it just, it embodies a whole world in one visualization. And I really liked that. So I created these entities, these symbols for certain chapters of my life. And I extracted them to the point where I could see them as um, a persona in a theater piece. Like that was red and it moved like that. And it had this type of mood and it would respond this way. If I would ask this question, um, extracting those feelings that I wanted to connect with to have a call and response. So then when they became quite concrete to me, I would ask those colors, how does sadness move? Or how does disappointment of my mother smell? Or how does, if it would, have, if it would be a melody, how, what is the melody of social tension between my mother and I in a public place? And I would have those call and response, um, yeah, colla- a collage, is that a that translation? Collage, yeah. Yeah, right? yeah. I would create a collage of, of, of sounds and smells and colors and textures, and um, that was chapter one. And then out of that came very concrete songs, and that's chapter two, which is the EP. Oh, wow. Well, I'll tell you what, we, we're definitely going to talk about the EP. I just want to... <laughs> Uh, in fact, that was the next question, so that's perfect. But I just want to pick up on what you just said there. Just so, I, I mean, it's amazing. So, what you're talking about. So, um, would this also suit a dance piece? With when you talk about movement, would it be something that maybe be a dance piece as well? Um, I would love it to be that. Um, hmm. I, I definitely moved in Ajabet One. Um, I'm I'm very um, inspired by the repertoire of physical yoga, because yoga can also be a lot of other things, but physical yoga is something that really, it's very, how to say, like, for me, it's like a dance language, especially the lines, and and they are very symbolic, like a downwards facing dog looking like a triangle repeating itself. It immediately reminds me of certain type of grooves in music, and they're very closely related because they both lean on breath and rhythm. Mm. Um, so there was definitely there was definitely a lot of movement in 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 that sense in Ajabet, repetitive things, um, symbolic movements. But to to call it dance would do injustice to people who dance. Okay, <laughs> I want to be careful to call myself a dancer because, um, but I would like it to become more and more physical. That's for sure. Mm. Over the mm. years, also just creating this style of concerts, implementing this in really a, co- a concert format and, 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 and performing those types of things in like a club, 
I would like it to become more physical and having to have less of this um, distinction between I'm a singer behind the microphone and in front of me are two dancers who are dancing, embodying what I'm singing. I would like to be that person doing both. But then again, I think everybody wants to be Beyonce. So. <laughs> <laughs> Even I want to be Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I do see it in a less, uh, um, how to say, a less uh, flashy way and a more maybe intimate, direct correlation between the voice as a body and the body as a voice, that type of thing. Wow. That, I mean, I love that concept. That is amazing. I just uh, pick it up on something you said about call and response. Yeah. Would that be... Uh, would that be something that uh, touches on your Senegalese roots as well, the idea of call and response? Definitely. Um, I think more than I realize yet. My Senegalese roots are something that I am discovering step by step. Um, my mom is Belgian. She has Fries, Frieslandic and Irish roots as well. And my dad is Senegalese. <laughs> um and has, I think, also the fact that I say I think already shows goes to show that my connection to my dad is quite far away. And so every so many years, I'll go to Senegal and I'll, I'll go to visit my family. But up until now, there's been really a, a barrier for me to, to, to understand my own connection. I feel my connection to Senegal when I'm in Belgium, but not when I'm in Senegal. So the, the call and response thing... Being in Belgium, I went to the conservatory, I studied jazz, I've understood that the thing that I really love being call and response and gospel um, comes from um, the history of, well, comes from people, how do I, how do I speak about this eloquently, <laughs> comes from the slave trade. Um, yeah. and, th and those people come from West Africa, hence the circle is complete. But for me to really understand my connection to that deeper than 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 this ra rational thing that I've understood, like, okay, I'm from West Africa and of, of course it's going to resonate with me. Or maybe that's just it. Maybe, maybe that's where it ends. Feel like I'm, I feel like I'm more thinking out loud than, <laughs> but maybe that's okay. Um, well, to be quite honest, this is kind of the ethos of the podcast to be oh, okay. honest I, okay. I, I, um, I hope this is I want it to be a space where people artists can think and relay their thoughts Thank so, you. Um, and especially yeah. as I, I've mainly spoken to jazz artists so I kind of assume that there's going to be an, an element of improvisation anyway yeah yeah but I, I like your questions and they, they they're um a bit more challenging, which is which is great, but um, yeah, for this one, I guess I don't have a, a, a straight answer. I'm gonna maybe come back to you about that. Hmm. Oh, brilliant! No, I, I I'm fascinated. I mean, the Adjibet thing, I how you've explained it is um, it just seems such a wonderful way of uh, a bit like traveling. It's a wonderful way of exploring yourself. And, and your own and your own layers and your own nuances. I, I, I'm fascinated by it. It's, it's kind of got that synesthesia aspect. It's got the uh, psychological and the sociological aspects to it as well, and and the linguistic aspects. And and then also, I kind of like the idea that it really relates to the idea of 
uh, scat singing in jazz. You know, this kind of made-up language. It's uh, It all kind of fits into this amazing jigsaw, I think. Thank you. Thank you. I, I, I actually didn't think about that aspect yet. I thought about the aspect of speaking in tongues, which is definitely, again, something that comes from West African tradition. And when I when I started to develop this um, process to, to create the first chapter, Afterwards, I read a book from Shinoa Ashebe, who was a Nigerian writer. Um, I read his first part of a trilogy, um, first part called Things Fall Apart. And he writes about a Nigerian, um, a Nigerian, how do you say, stum, a group of people. But like um, a tribe, a tribe. tribe. He, he talks about a Nigerian tribe. I think he's he's referring to the 1890s. And he speaks about certain rituals that they perform to be able to speak to um, the ghosts of their tribe, mm. to ask questions about um, how to deal with this sociological, uh, how to deal with this ecological um, problem. Very basic questions, because when we think about rituals, we think about like the deepest of the deepest pitfalls of the. They would just ask regular questions like how many, how much should we ask for those potatoes? Should mm. we up the price? And we they would ask the ghosts. They would have conversations. And mm. yeah, I, I just thought to myself, okay, it is kind of like speaking in tongues to myself. And at the same time, like you just said, it's also like scatting with myself, I guess. Mm. Mm. Um, and hopefully it, it resonates enough with other people to also mirror their inner uh, journeys that it's not just a monologue in a monologue in a monologue. It's supposed to be, mm. yeah. Well, if chapter two is the EP, the songs for the EP, let's talk about that then. So I'm going to start with um, uh, the name, I and I. Uh, that that fascinated me right from the off. Um, I'd never heard it as a phrase or a word before. Um, and so I wonder if you could explain it. Yeah, for sure. Um, it it comes from from uh, it has two meanings to me. W one of them being iron eye as two separate words referring to the third eye that I feel gets clogged with. Um, you're gonna have to help me. Concrete, concrete. Okay. So um, it's it's a it's a it's a metaphor for me uh, for living in the city. And for living in the same place the entire uh, for a long period of time, mm. getting that third eye covered with the concrete slabs of city life and the concrete slabs of being stuck in a routine or in one place, mm. and therefore not having that perspective on yourself anymore that could maybe open some gates for you to experience life in a different way or enjoy your, your own being in a different way. So the iron eye, the eye, the eye that is covered with iron or the eye that is covered with concrete, that's the visualization that I had. And um, that's also why the, the, the tour that I'm doing now in Belgium is called the Iron Eye Opening Tour. Oh, cool. Songs referring to a sort of, a sort of opening of that third eye. Mm. Oh, wow. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. That's the, I, that really... Mate, I was fascinated by what it could mean, but I love what what it does mean. You said there was a second meaning as well. Yeah, yeah. Um, it draws on the word irony, um, and I've noticed some of the songs 
well, they, they all refer to certain kind of um, spiritual pit stops or spiritual bus stops of my consciousness where I got off the bus and stood still for a moment and sang a song about it. Um, but some of those songs are, um, were to me, how to say, yeah, I have the tendency to take myself too seriously. I think like a lot of people, cause, cause that's how you protect yourself from a certain vulnerability. And so there were themes that I couldn't sing about in a serious manner because I couldn't mean them like to be naive i couldn't mean that it was it was soft and gentle and 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 in reminiscences of the romeo and juliet chapter of my own life being 15 and in love for the first time and i couldn't mean that so i sang it from a place of irony and that's how i could like complete that song without curling up in a ball and 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 being like oh no i can't sing about young love i'm not young (laughs) (laughs) and then when the song was finished um being able to kind of surrender to it fully out of this slightly ironic place now the more i sing it the more i mean it but in the beginning Mm -hmm. it, it was hard to get over myself and so i just chose like okay but go from it from an ironic place and then eventually we'll see uh what it takes on without being bitter of course but just you know giving myself tools to take myself a little less serious. close my eyes memory and fantasy merging yes it hurts or doesn't it i can't even remember if we've ever met but y'all make me cry even if it means i'll stab my own eyes cause i'm romantic and not blind frantic to be your one of a kind all time lover so different from all the others yeah and what i've noticed now is that Tools that work for me worked for me a year ago don't necessarily work for me right now because you it's kind of like tricking yourself. And unfortunately, your brain is like, nah, but you can't trick me again. And so I continue to look for ways to to trick my to trick getting around my brain and 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 going towards a place of surrendering within myself, um, not wanting to intellectualize, not blocking myself by forehand. And I really do need people around me remembering reminding me create first analyze later i really need people to to tell me that quite often and so another way that i found that works for me right now is to create from a place of um inanimate objects is that correct like as if every object has a soul Mm. looking around in a, in a space and 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 identifying with an object as as if it has a soul and then singing from that place. Like I I just wrote an interlude about a melting candle, me being the melting candle. And the candle is um, actually voyeuristic. It's an erotic interlude where the candle, as it is melting, is observing the kissing couple who lighted the candle and mm. who are going to, you know, um, 
have their romantic light and the candle is like voyeuristically enjoying their story, narrating their story while it's melting away, um, referring mm-hmm. to like the small death, which is an orgasm. It's something yeah, that I couldn't... I, I, yeah, exactly. Um, and so I would sing that song and afterwards realize like, oh, I didn't have a sexy song before. Maybe it's mm. because I needed to be an inanimate object to <laughs> get myself there. Um, yeah, that's that was I, I love the metaphor in that as well of the everything about that really works so well. <laughs> it's that's fantastic, and and that's a, I guess that's the thing of again is um, do you find that uh, the more you travel, the more you get experiences, the more your mind will open not just to things that you don't know, but to things that you've always known. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, that's that's a really nice way of putting it. Yeah, I'm gonna. Yeah, <laughs> I have nothing oh, well. else to say. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, okay, thank you. <laughs> well, you can if if that ever pops in as a song lyric, you're welcome. <laughs> <laughs> and I will refer to you. I was thinking about that also. You have a really nice name, like you have a really melodic name. Oh, okay. Yeah, you don't Bob, you don't Bob have Hill. that Bob Hill. Bob Hill, like it's already like it already evokes like a um, like a doodle. Bob Hill over the hill is Bob Bob Hill. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh wow! Uh, well, it's Robert Hill, really. So uh, yeah, okay. but Bob Hill. No, Bob Hill. But everyone calls me Bob. But yeah, yeah. Uh, but yeah, if you could do it with three syllables as well, then you got yeah for sure. Or you could end on the but actually it's Robert. But I guess people know that being yeah. Robert. That's amazing that nobody has ever <laughs> sang my name back to me before. So thank you. You're very welcome. Um, now I am going to take you to, I'm going to be honest, my favourite song on the EP. Yeah. And there's two versions of it. And we're going to go for the one with that wonderfully, I'm going to say militant intro. And that's Told You So. Um, and I played um, uh, on my radio show. That's the version I played because that, for me, that introduction is such an integral part of the song. I didn't, I didn't want the radio edit. Um, so much. Thank you for that. That's really yeah. cool. You. Can suck it. Fed up with your game. Fuck it, I'll do it on my own Since I am a grown So More water in my wine Than I would like to admit I am drunk on your compromises Fuck this shit I'm sick and tired Reminiscing about your privilege Bet no, I'm coming for your bridge An awkward place is the acceptance of my non-existing race And overaged is my pondering and reflecting A cold case I'm turning into If I don't hurry, hurry you In bloom yet soon to be wasted Potential, they say 
feel pressured by your frame of time Pressured by a sense of pride that Even if I don't want to, I can Hold Hold it Hold tight I told you so Says my soul if hollow Hearted the goal Then quick as a fall I know My time is now Gracefulness, reluctance to sway to my own pace. I wanna take the space. A cold chase trying to please you. Although I'm not trying to elude my swooning fears. frame of time pressured by a sense of pride that even if I don't to I can hold hold it hold tight I told you so says my soul if hollow hearted the goal then quick as the forthright introduction so before but just what was the evolution of the song of the whole song how did that come around and what what you know what's going on there um i'm 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 happy you ask and i'm happy it's your favorite song because for me it's um 
the song that I carry the closest in a sense. Um, the evolution of the song. Well, to be honest, it started <laughs> after a very disappointing collaboration with a big artist in Belgium. Okay. It, um, the, the, there was a lot of pieces of the song already there because they were just um, written as fragments of my diary. Like I would, okay. I would, I would had a, a moment in 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 France, um, being on vacation with um, with the parents of my boyfriend and my boyfriend, um, who are wonderful and I love them a lot. But I felt very lonely for some reason that moment, and I wrote I wrote um, an awkward place is the acceptance of my non-existing race there because I felt very out of place in the yeah uh, amazing uh, kind of high-end hotel we were staying in France I was like and I'm sitting here and my shoes are broke and I just feel out of place and they're so welcoming but I feel strange and there it was a lot of bits and pieces of of of, of my diary um but then the necessity of of showing some anger and also calling myself out or letting my soul call my ego out saying like I told you so said my soul came after um, a failed collaboration with an artist who um, kind of promised me a whole lot concerning artistic freedom and being able to show my work in places where I wanted to show my work and a, a, a quite typical story of, of a guy trying to, I'm sorry that I say it that like a typical story, but it's just, I'm not the first person who, and you know, who experiences a unfortunate uh, collaboration like that. Um, he had a big name or he has a big name. And he just kind of starts speaking on me on Facebook saying, I saw your work somewhere and let's write a play together. And of course, you know, my heart starts galloping like, oh yeah, this is it, let's do it. And not really ignoring the red flags, you know. Ignoring the late night call to, to, to his apartment. Um, ignoring that that he wanted me to drink a third glass of wine, ignoring that he started calling me in the weekends really late. And, and at the same time, um, plating my work with more and more, plating my, how do you say that? Filling my plate? Yeah, filling your plate. Yeah. Filling, filling my plate with more and more work that had nothing to do with our collaboration, like his administration. Or oh, piling, piling, piling on your plate. Piling yeah. it on, like yeah, not yeah. only trying to hit on me which is professionally very inappropriate um but then also asking me to write dossiers do his administration pick up his son and <laughs> it just escalated so quickly but he was oh so good at spinning it around in a way that like we had this amazing connection and therefore i can treat you as family but family who works together and therefore i can ask you quite inappropriate questions like picking up my son um but it's all good because it's in the name of this amazing connection that we have and artistically we're gonna it's just and I and I fell for it because I wanted to fall for it because I wanted to believe that all of the sudden I was going to then show my work somewhere, which is mm, that yeah, is well that, that that explains the line sick of reminiscing about your privilege. Yes. That yeah. Really exactly. explains that line. Yeah, and and so I think that that little story uh, lasted for about six weeks mm. and we had a certain fo- phone call on a Friday night and I just realized like 
this is this is ridiculous on my part on on his part this is ridiculous mm. and fortunately i can have quite a good like this is my boundary goodbye type of attitude but the fact that i that i didn't see it coming yeah made me kickstart the need of this song a certain anger towards myself but also a certain type of yeah calling myself back to the essence it needs to come from a real place mm. and that will indicate the tempo and the rhythm and if it goes if it goes fast if 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 there's moments where all of a sudden everything is flowing that's great but if it doesn't that's not the point mm. and it's difficult to accept because i'm such an impatient person <laughs> I'm really very impatient um, and I want everything at the same time and I just want to you know experience life and mm. I'm making this the, people won't see it but I'm making this movement with my hands like a fountain that's kind of mm -hmm. how I want to experience time and and and, and everything but um, I lost the essence of what I was doing there and I was a little bit um, starstruck so mm. that's where the mm. song kickstarted and after kickstarting the song I went back to draw on experiences where I felt alienated either because of myself or because mm. of others and putting that into perspective uh, of what my part was. And I started to make a, a kind of a collage of the song with pieces of my diary. Mm. Mm. And uh, that's how it that's how it came about. I love it. I mean, it caught my imagination straight away. Um, so if we go to the I'm, I'm thinking more about the sound now of the whole EP, the sound of it. Um, uh, again, it, I'm, 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 I think I've used the word evolution a couple of times, but um, I'm going to keep using that word. Uh, what was the evolution of, or the central theme of the sound of the EP? Um, and, and the reason I ask that is because it's got some very sort of classic jazz standard motifs. And also some very 90s R&B kind of Erica Badu style kind of thing. Um, and I love how all that juxtaposes and meshes. But I'm fascinated of how you got there. Where did that come from? Um, well, the thing is, about a year and a half ago, I, I've been singing for a while, but I, had, I hadn't actually played with a band. I hadn't really had a lot of experience playing with musicians. And so to then assemble a band and invite people to, to play those, um, those songs for the first time and then, you know, uh, more and more until the point where I felt like we were ready to record, it was really a, a process of... Um, Yeah, going with what felt most logic. Mm. The song, the way that I in, hear the song, it's a reference to things that I like to listen to or things that I've been listening to for a long time. And so I think waiting until that point to actually um, create those songs with musicians, not only vocally and with guitar, but like in that full setting, I think I just kind of wanted to wanted to try everything that I like to listen to, and mm. at the same time, things would just um, make. I, I want to say something that actually is going to offer some insight, but I feel like because I'm such a beginner, honestly, 
because it's the very first time that I'm that I'm putting something in the world, I just went with what I thought was correct. Okay. <laughs> I, just thought, I just thought, well, yeah, this is a samba, so I mean that's acoustic. We'll use a piano and not a Rhodes, and then oh, in uh, samba fashion. In yeah. samba fashion, for instance, and then yeah. I would listen to it, and I would that sounds right. That's how a samba would sound from the person that I really love to listen to. Tell me when you're ready So that we can leave the day behind I ask her keep it steady Cause I wanna get it right She looks at me slanted Nearly closing her eyes with the velvet smile Saying listen to me honey boo-boo Nothing about doing you It's not about getting it right It's about letting go Every light has a shadow So I'm getting ready to go creeping through the night activate me levitate me rejuvenate me i want to go make or break a baby as i am ignited to unite with the roots of my right to a life of sweet peace peace of mind and food for thought ready to wake up ever in light has a shadow whoa so if you want I think it's amazing and I'm very fortunate for people to <laughs> to go and to like, wow, it's diverse and it's just like, but what, what you um, see in it is a lot more intelligent than what I did. <laughs> I'm just, I just tried something and then I go with the feeling and for instance. Um, well, there's, a, there's, a, there's an intelligence in instinct. There is definitely the, the 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 instinct and the and that's also the thing. I've noticed that when I'm rehearsing with my band, the only moment that I'll be able to give concrete feedback is when it doesn't sound right. So right, yeah. You no, know, that's when I that's when I hear it and I'll be like, that doesn't sound the way it's between brackets supposed to sound. 
because it's supposed to sound like the song that I'm thinking of um, that is closest related to what I'm doing. Like, for instance, for me, what is closest related to Told You So is um, Sound and Color from Alabama Shakes. Oh, okay. That's, I think of. Mm. That, that's, that's my version of, of Alabama Shakes uh, album Sound and Color. Wow. Um, and so we 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 went there and we tried and then and then at a point where for instance there was too much distortion where I didn't feel comfortable anymore to sing, we pull it back. Mm. And then for to be naive, I think of um Al Green, Marvin Gaye, but also yeah. really uh R and B, you know, like um you should let me love you. Make me be the one to. Um, mm. I think his name is, or Greg David, for instance. But the, the the guy that I was singing now, I forgot his name. Oh, what a shame! He was a great dancer. I can right. say that. Um, but so yeah, and I'll and I'll just assemble it, and I'll and I'll ask the musicians, can you try this? Can you try that? And when I have no remarks, that's what when it sounds the way it should. And if I do, mm. I have Alexi Notens, who is my partner, the guitar player and the arranger of the project, and I'll mumble to him like, and then he'll be like, okay, so I think she wants to try this, which yeah. is really a privilege that I have. Um, He's uh, a lot more experienced in leading a band, and so he'll help me to 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 put my thoughts and my feelings more into actual, you know, um, mm. musical musical terms. Mm. So, what was uh, one question that just popped into my head? So, you, do you write the lyrics completely yourself? Yeah, absolutely. And I then... write the lyrics, um, the melody, and most of the the chords as well. I'm learning the guitar. And so I'll start with something, but there might be gaps mm. where I know that like the melody is there. And because this is the melody, it's in relation to a harmony because I'm singing those tensions where I can feel like this is where I'm, this is where it should bounce off of. Like there is no tension in a melody if there is no actual frame for it to exist in. Mm. And so while playing the chords and while singing, if I have a gap, I'll, for instance, ask Alexi, is there a chord that you forgot to teach me? No, <laughs> is there <laughs> something that you can help me with? And he'll literally sit down and he'll play me a few options and, and it'll be like, is it is this what you hear? And I'll be like, no, is this what you hear? Like, no, is this, oh, okay, that's what you hear. Okay, and he'll teach me the chord and then yeah. moving on. And then wow, when it's that's... done, that's he's, he's amazing and very patient and he has a lot of knowledge and I'm very, very happy for that because um, he tells me that what I want is not always um, evident. It's not always. Mm. Um, and so I'll, I, I, I won't always find it in um, typical structures on the guitar that follow each other up. So mm. he's amazingly patient in helping me figure out what it is that I hear. And then when it's done, we'll revisit it and he'll propose things to me like, harmonic um you know uh, um not evolutions but like uh alternatives for mm. instance for the backing vocalists or for the trumpet he'll suggest me things and and i'll be so uh so privileged to say yes or no and mm. then voila that's the process and then we'll try it of course and if it doesn't work we can change something and yeah 
I'm very fortunate to like in the core of the creation process um, to be able to collaborate with uh, Alexi because um, it goes fairly easily and he knows me musically very, very well. Like he understands exactly what I love to hear. He, mm. he, he sends me music all the time. Like this is one for you. And he knows what it is that touches me. So he can he can definitely support me in that but then to go to the band there it's it's exactly as 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 you say it's it's often a negotiation because they are executing musicians but they're not studio musicians in the sense that um they 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 come they do their their job they clock out not to say that studio musicians are all like this but there is a there is a, a personal connection um but there is also a very clearly defined role. And mm. I'm very fortunate to be surrounded with people who consider what I propose them to be like a jazz standard. Like this is the frame. Of course, mm. you can put your personality in there. And, and if I give that same song to someone else to play, it is going to sound different. So I am very um, surely choosing this person for their personality, but mm. It is this, and and this is how I would like it to be played, um, and that's mm. the repertoire. So there's not a huge amount of space for your own like creative input in that sense, at least not 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 yet. Um, I have too much that I still want to say, so <laughs> I'm taking a lot of space in my project to also just do that and surrounding myself with people who can find their own challenges within that frame. But so there is negotiation and every person is different. Like I, I can I can see that my drummer has different needs in our collaboration than my pianist does, than my and I'm learning a lot about myself in that context. And it's very confronting, but I like being confronted in a in a way. I I do kind of seek that out. Um but then I also assembled a very big group of people. So now it's a lot of confrontation <laughs> mm-hmm. and uh, it's really interesting, but yeah, I'm learning a lot in those collaborations on, on a human level, on a musical level, on a, on a practical level. How do you make um, people comfortable, but you know, um, still be efficient together um, in a studio when the clock is running. I had all those experience in a year um and it was intense but i'm so grateful it's really mm. really a beautiful frame to get to know yourself and to get to know your skills and to know okay here i need to dig a little deeper um and develop my mm. person what we are not supposed to feel um so i just want to ask you about that because i love the title even before i listened to the song i thought what a great title what we are not supposed to feel. So again, if you could just sort of, um, sort of, where did that come from? What 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 is the story that's being told there? Because it it it, it feels it feels what we're supposed not supposed to feel feels very much like you're going to feel it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, the story is that. There is a song, it's a Japanese song. It's sang by Ikue Asasaki. I think she was um, very um, um, active as a singer in the 1970s. I think she's from the 1950s. Mm. 
and the song is called that she sings is called Obukuri, and it's actually it's it's a song that is um, used in a very very uh, sad scene. I'm not gonna spoil anything further, but in um, an anime called uh, Samurai Champloo, and this song. It's one of those songs that it just hits home for me, but it's in Japanese and I don't actually understand what she says. So mm. at a certain point I was listening to the song and I thought I'm going to make a translation in my own words, translating what I think she's singing about. Mm. And that, okay. that's what, what, uh, what we are not supposed to feel became. Mm-hmm. And yeah. up until this day, I will not look up what she's actually singing about because I truly believe that I translated what she's singing about. So I'm going to yeah. leave it at that. <laughs>
Until my time is coming, sweetheart, takes me home. Until my time is coming, sweetheart, takes me home, yeah. Until my time is coming, sweetheart, takes me home, yeah. Until my time is coming, sweetheart, takes me home. Until my time is coming, sweetheart, takes me home. Until my time is coming, sweetheart. Until my time is coming, sweet earth takes me home. Yeah. Until my time is coming, sweet earth takes me home.